0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Welcome everybody to the very first Monsters and Metal podcast. I am your host, Decapitated Dan,
2: and I am Dirk Manning.
1: What? There's no metal in your voice, buddy. I, you know, I thought about it. I was like, this is
2: Dirk Manning. But then I wouldn't be able to talk like the rest of the the whole. So I, I gotta get a drink. Just talk for me. I gotta get a drink. Hold on. <laughs> he
1: ruined it already. Uh, no, we. we yeah, buddy. <laughs> So, uh, basically, you know, we welcome you all to our very first Monsters in Metal podcast to give you an idea on what the show is going to be about. Uh, we're basically combining our two favorite things, which are horror comics and heavy metal. I mean, you you can't beat that.
2: No. In fact, and I just want to go on record real quick and get this out of the way. Uh, some of the older incarnations of your show, uh, you were very gracious to me, had me on the show a very metal, So I hold the horns up, 13 times and I'm just going to call you out on this, you know, and you were just like, hey, Dirk, you know, you want to do a show together? You want to do something together? And my response was always, let me see. Yeah, <laughs> let me see. I'm really busy. I don't have time. I, you know, I I can't, do, oh, just, you know. Yeah, that was, and uh, you actually uh, called me up uh, and said, you know, I'm doing this new podcast. It's going to be monthly. I'm like, okay, but even, you know, even monthly, uh, gosh, there's so much stuff. And when you told me that, like, like, what was the name of it? And when you said Monsters in Metal, my exact response was? Yes. <laughs> well, geez, that way I feel like you don't even remember like, our first, it was like, I'm in. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> monsters in Metal, done. I'm in. Such a huge uh, geek about. Uh, <laughs> metal music. I, I feel like you don't even remember our first kiss now. Because you said them like, I'm in. Boom. But anyway, it
1: was it, it it really was that simple. But yeah, when, when both of us are recording this on three hours of sleep, it's <laughs> it's even more fun. Um, so basically, the the breakdown of the show. Is going to be a bunch of 10-minute segments, and we're just going to throw in some metal tracks that are going to be chosen by the people in that segment, or we have Century Media who is, like, gracious enough to say, here's some tracks, go ahead and play them. So, so you know, we, we've got some amazing stuff lined up for this first show. Um, you know, just to give you all an idea real quick, you can easily find the show if you want to download it. You can go to monstersandmetal.com. Now we use the ampersand, but you can't use an ampersand in a web address, so monstersandmetal.com.
2: Yeah, spell out and.
1: You can find it uh, on iTunes and subscribe to it there. On our Facebook page, uh, you can either even find it comic-related, Comic Attack, Underground Video Network, Drive Through Comics, and on my site decapitateddan.com. As soon as Dirk gets a site. I'm sure you'll find it there too.
2: I I am working on it. Uh, it's only I've only been online since about 2002, so maybe in 13 years <laughs> I finally have a website. <laughs> I, I will not randomly have Cannibal Corpse voice, By the way, I apologize. Too minimal.
1: <laughs> well, if you go over to uh, MonstersInMetal you can get a basic breakdown on the entire show. Um, like links to the person that's being interviewed, or links to the person who's running that segment. We'll have links to every single band if you're like, oh, that song was badass, I gotta go get it. You know, stuff like that. So everything is on the website, so you can easily just go over there and check it out.
2: So basically, what you're saying is like monstersandmetal.com and uh, uh, the other sites that host it, but mainly monstersmetal.com, this is gonna be like your new definitive resource. For new for cool news about horror stuff and heavy metal? Question mark.
1: Hell yeah, buddy.
2: Hell I'm, yeah. I'm floating
1: a goat right now.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm floating a goat. <laughs> oh my <what's up laughs> god.
1: For the I'm rest of god. the day, you're. That, that, good.
2: That's it. That's it. Because I won't even last five more minutes at <laughs> this point if I do that. Too funny. <clears throat> Too funny. All ah, right. <laughs> <clears throat> Ooh. Okay. Let's move on.
1: So, uh, in in the past, you know, month, what what you been up to? Anything good going on?
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, because yeah, we're only on this monthly. So I'll tell you what. um, You know, I know we're we're going to be posting this here. uh, What are we going like beginning of April? So I really spent March um, just in convention mode. I did three shows in three weeks. For those that don't know me at this point, I'm a a writer, creator of. Nightmare World for Image Comics Shadowline, as well as a bunch of other primarily horror-based comics, tales of mystery, love stories about death. So I'm the horror comic guy, mainly. And, uh, you know, uh, in the fall, my book, Right or Wrong, A Writer's Guide to Creating Comics came out through Transfusion Publishing. So all that being said, as uh, the weather starts to break a little bit, or at least in theory is supposed to break, stupid groundhog, uh, I've been hitting the convention circuit. And I did three shows and three weekends in March which really kept me uh, on the road a lot, including, of course, uh, topping it off with Dan Conn. That's right. Which, gosh, again, publicly, (laughs) huge props. What a great... And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the show with you. That was such a great show, dude. Well, thank you. Such a great show. And anyone out there that is in the area, definitely, you know, if you get a chance to ever go see Dan Conn, uh, just go. What an amazing show. So, you know, I spent three weekends in March on the road, and uh now at this point i have a couple weekends off before the big c2e2 show at the end of april which is going to be fantastic and then you know what i'm looking at a calendar like that's actually hanging on my wall I'm old school i just re- i just realized something dude um i got c2e2 right and that's at the uh the last weekend in april and then in may i have one two three shows in three weekends. So basically between the end of April, beginning of may, I'm going to have four shows in four weekends. Busy. Oh. oh yeah. Cause I got C2E2 the end of April. Uh, or, uh then, uh, in may I'm doing a free comic book day appearance in Columbus, Ohio, pack rat comics. I've got Appleseed seed in Fort Wayne the weekend after that. And then my first time ever in May, I'll be at the motor city comic con in, uh, Novi, Michigan. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's a show that when I where I uh I grew up, I used to go to that show when I was little. And you know, now years have passed and whatever and moved around things like that and I've actually never set up as a professional at, at Motor City, so that's going to be cool. So uh yeah, I'm I'm in my respite mode right now. I'm kind of <laughs> recharging the batteries and uh getting ready for a huge con season. But uh what about yourself, man? What's been up? Cuz you've been off the airwaves for uh gosh, when months. was the last three months. What's what's been what have you been up to besides? Well, I still think tales,
1: tales from the Water Cooler. I I so don't, we can but... like, say that. Um you know, past few months I've I've been hitting up some concerts. I've seen mm-hmm. In Flames, I've seen soil work. Two two awesome concerts, by the way. Um I got Fear Factory coming up soon. That's gonna be yes. a great one.
2: Back in the day I did, you know, music journalism for years and and uh, one of my favorite interviews was interviewing Fear Factory at Harpo's, which is a really uh, if you're from the Midwest, Harpo's is a really cool metal club in Detroit, and getting to hang out with uh, with those guys was uh, was a treat. They're, they're they're always one of my favorites. I really enjoy Fear Factory.
1: Uh, trying to think. Oh, you know what? I was playing a game last night that was pretty badass, and I think people should check it out. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's called Cards Against Humanity. You've go go to their website because you can totally download it for free and then cut it out. But it'll take you forever to cut it out. So go to a print shop and get it done and have them cut it, or you can order it from them. But it's a it's a pretty badass adult version of apples to apples.
2: Yeah, and that's when basically you have like a they give what are they they give like a celebrity or something like that. No, no no
1: no no no. There's there's tons of these white cards and they all have like ver- horrible verbs and hor- and nouns that like uh, Sarah Palin or or just weird things, like I was telling you. Um, I was expecting to, it said expecting to burp, but started vomiting uncontrollably.
2: <laughs> so, like, they put the noun down, like Sarah Palin, and okay. then you have, like, a bunch of these, like, horrible scenarios, and you got to put it out there. Exactly. And the dealer gets to pick which one's most horrible, and then you get the point, and then it rotates, so then the next person becomes a dealer or whatever. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, man. That's, that's, that's kind of horror kind of metal, you know, uh, go, going to burp and start, you know, being uncontrollably on Sarah Palin. What's What's more metal than that? Let's be honest. This show. Yes.
1: All right. Well, speaking of this show, before we get out of here on our intro, we uh, I want to give everybody a rundown of the show. So first, we're gonna you let Dirk introduce the song of his song of the month, and then we're gonna just do an interview with Dave Elliott. Then we're gonna have our dark horse discourse segment with uh, Driver. Then we're gonna do some chatting with the Living Corpse crew. Then we're going to come back with an interview from Andrew Kadelka, artist on Mongrel. I know you wanted to bring up some Mongrel love.
2: That's right. Absolutely. Mongrel has a Kickstarter going on right now. Uh, Him and Ed, uh, very cool We wrote book, giving a quick little plug out there, but yeah, definitely uh, support that.
1: And then we're going to go into I Hate Everything You Love, which is a question and answer segment with Doug Paskevich. Then Horror Comic History with Mike Howlett, which I guarantee is probably the funniest thing on this show. Next to the I Hate Everything You Love with Doug. So every month they're going to be competing for the best. Uh, Oh, oh gosh. (laughs) Then our third interview is going to be with Dave Scheid talking about Monster Dudes. And then Dirk and I will be back to do the outro and go over books from the past month.
2: Kind of close out the show a little bit. Exactly. But before we get into all that, we're gonna, Dan and I are gonna take a little time every week to touch on some cool horror news. And, and I have to say, I think there's one horror news bit from the past month that I personally feel overshadows just about any other horror news of the past month. Uh, when I heard this, I'm not gonna lie, my, 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 my pants got a little tight hearing this. Um, with the army of darkness uh not army of darkness wow i just spoiled the lead with the evil dead <laughs> remake coming out uh there is talk of uh evil dead 4 by rami and bruce campbell but specifically they are looking at doing army of darkness 2 thoughts
0: <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: my
1: thought right there
2: you know i'll be honest i would i have no i have never had any interest in evil dead 4 i mean you got evil dead evil dead two. however you want to break it down you know whether it be evil dead evil dead 2 or you know army of darkness whatever and i really i was kind of with you i never it's okay it's done it's so good it's so done but if they were to do one last little send-off and especially now that Campbell is so well-known outside of horror circles with Burn Notice and all the other stuff he's been doing, um, I'd be okay with Army of Darkness 2. And what I found really interesting is that – they're asking Bruce Campbell and, of course, this is just purely speculation at this point. Everyone's in the heat of the moment about the Evil Dead remake, things like that. But he said he'd actually – he would actually prefer to do Army of Darkness 2 picking up or the alternate ending of the movie left off. <laughs> <laughs> which which is, you know, like he wakes up and it's like the Omega Man syndrome. And uh I think putting Bruce Campbell in the Omega Man syndrome, uh, you know, at the end of the world, uh I am legend for some of you new school fans out there, could be uh could be a cool thing. Could be a cool thing. And it it'd be nice to really give that series not that it needs a proper send off, but one last huzzah, bring it home, wrap it up, shut it down. And uh, maybe bring a little bit of love back to, to such a cult classic horror franchise.
1: So I will go on record and say this. Uh, when did Army Darkness come out? 92? 93? Oh
2: my gosh, I'd have to. It, it's something early like Early 90s,
1: early 90s, right?
2: You so, talk and I'll check.
1: So now we're looking at 20 years later bringing back something that's already ended and has no reason to come back. I'm tired. Of all these remakes, I'm tired of the fact that the the what in the past ten years? No, not even ten years. I don't know. The past three years, the idea of original content coming out of Hollywood is absolutely nothing. I agree. Sad, with completely. Say, you know, I was sitting here thinking the other day. I was watching all these, you know, um, HDNet start showing all these uh, great lawyer movies from the '90s. Where did lawyer movies go? Where did they go? Those movies are freaking fantastic. Don't tell me they're out because they're not. What happened to that? What happened to the idea of someone trying to win a case?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. You can't can't handle the truth. No, but I mean like I said, I I think – if they do an Army of Darkness 2, which picks up for the last one, Linda, I think, to me, it'd just be kind of this cool, fun thing. And the other thing for me, honestly, is it would finally close the book on it. Everyone's always going to say one more time, but I think were they to do Army of Darkness 2, <clears throat> this would be the definitive, all right, this is it, now let it go.
1: It's like Ghostbusters it, it, 3, now they're ghosts. Can they bust themselves?
2: Right, right. You know, I, mean,
1: no, I don't care. Bruce Campbell's old it, it, to the point where – is he? Is, it'd be seriously like uh, mixing Bubba Hotep with Army of Darkness. Like, hold on, let me get my walker.
2: Come on. Ah, that's a little uh, expensive. I mean, that dude's ripping it up on Burn Notice like these other shows now. And like I said, just be a cool thing to bring some some love back to to this this franchise. You know, which I know I, I understand the remake will too. Well, maybe. Well, we'll talk about the remake at some other point, I guess. But anyway, I'll be honest. I was kind of. I'm very much for original content, uh, but I personally will go on record saying, in the event this does happen, I think that'd be pretty cool.
1: All
2: right.
0: And well, if,
1: if speaking you, of pretty you, cool, Dirk. Yes. Let's get this show started. Let's do it. We get it started by you telling us what your song of the month is.
2: Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> can tell we practiced quite a bit. I know. Uh, my my song, of the, song of the month. Song of the month. My song of the month is from one of my favorite bands. I have very few vices in life, as most people know, uh, that know me well. You know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, you know, none of that I create, never have. Um, but I absolutely have a huge, huge soft spot in my heart for good female fronted metal. And which brings me to one of my all time favorite bands who just put out their latest and very possibly last CD. Uh, as a band, Otep, and they released uh, recently uh, the album Hydra from Victory Records. Which initially I was kind of surprised. I'm like, Victory Records do it? O- Otep? For people that don't know, very heavy female fronted band. And um, this last album, Hydra, is kind of a concept album about uh, lead singer Otep and her kind of devolving or into this kind of serial killer type motif almost. And, uh, um, I really like all Otep's whole discography. Uh, I think it's very, very, very solid. You, it's one of those things that you can play every CD. Sorry, I'm old, I know, but CD front to back, all the way through, and they're just solid, and they're consistent, and they're great. And, uh, that being said, Hydra is a tough record, man. Very hard, very heavy, brutally cathartic. And the song I picked from this was not. Their radio, radio single, quote-unquote, which is a little lighter, a little groovier, dare I say slightly, most kind of groove metal poppier. Uh, I picked a song called uh, the second song on the album, Blowtorch Nightlight, which is very heavy, very brutal. I think it's very representative of what the record is like. Uh, if it sounded interesting, man, OTEP is just a great, great brand and band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Blowtorch Nightlight from Hydra by OTEP of Victory Records.
0: Are here with
1: our first interview on monsters and metal and we have dave elliot join us hey dave
3: hey dan how are you man
1: good good I, i'm finally back into podcasting i took my what three months off Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: yeah can't not take three minutes off these days but wow yeah
1: i think that's what it'll feel like to everybody they're like damn it he's back what the hell happened <laughs> 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 well um we are here to talk about you uh, bringing Atomica back. So let's just get get into it because we only got 10 minutes. Right. So tell us. Tell us about Atomica.
3: Yeah, no, I mean Atomica's is back and uh, this time we, we're working with Titan Comics, which is the new imprint of uh, Titan Books and yeah, it's... We've got a lot of really cool projects coming, um, a lot of very, very cool, very well-known creators are going to be doing different projects and scripts in some of the different books. But uh, no, I mean, as as this may be a sort of a regular thing with us, um, I thought I'd, I'd talk, take a, a moment out to really talk about what actually Atomica means, and or what at least what it means to me and what I'm trying to do with it um now um, atomica and a1 have always been you know creator owned it's always been about um, helping cre- enabling creators even if it's just to make that first step um, over the years we've helped a lot of creators make that first step into doing their first creator-owned work and we're going to be doing more of that, uh, and it's not always been about just working with the biggest creators. It's also in this day and age, it's never been harder to get a break, mm-hmm. to get in that get that first step to get into the industry, and so that's one of the things that we, you know, um, I, you know, if you're on DeviantArt. Come and find me at Dave Elliot. That's D W V Elliot. Um I'm contacting people there. I, there's a, a tremendous amount of talent there from across the world. And a lot of these guys aren't doing. They're not necessarily wanting to do superior material. Yay. Um, and that's. You know yeah it's like yeah you want to do something fantasy science fiction slice of life yeah that's you know A1's always been about that sort of multi-genre creator led stories so you know giving new people a break as I said giving established creators there um, that, that chance to do something creator owned that they can plant that seed and build upon and uh yeah, it's really about um, being more of a, um, a cooperative.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, so, so um, is, based on what you're saying, is it kind of like a
3: submissions-based policy? Um, not so much. I, I mean, I'm I'm not actively looking for anything. Um, I'm open for people to send things to me, but I'm you know I we're not making uh you know we I just. We just don't have that sort of um, – I don't want to make promises that I can't keep. So therefore, I don't want to start saying, hey, yeah, some of your submissions. It's like, I, you know, this has got to be a, a slow burn. This has got to be a like, let's build this. Let's build something to last rather than trying to rush out the gate and publish everything we can lay our hands on.
1: So why why bring Atomica back?
3: Um. Because I think that there is a there's a real sense i mean i I know you've we've got companies like image who can do creator own material, but I think with what I'm doing, I'm focusing more on um and the anthology side mm-hmm. um a one was always an anthology and monster massacre and there's a lot of creators out there who can't afford you know they you may see an artist on a monthly book but they can't actually afford to take six months off to do a creator-owned miniseries that they're not going to see any money for. Um, it's really, I mean, it is tough. It, I mean, people just don't talk about it enough, but it's very tough being creator-owned. Um, creators need all the support anybody can, you know, anybody's willing to give them. You know, you can do a you can do a four-issue miniseries uh, image, and even if you're a, you know, you've drawn Wolverine or Daredevil you can still end up only making like 500 bucks right right and that could be your that's that's like a page of artwork for for DC or Marvel so like you know you to spend all that time um, so what I'm offering is like well no I you can keep doing that monthly book at Marvel and DC but if you can over the course of a few months do an eight page or a 10 page story um, you, that can find a home in A1 or Monster Massacre. Um, we're working with heavy metal as well as a as a showcase for both of those books. Well, so, you
1: just said all the good words. You said monsters, and then you said heavy metal. I mean, this is the perfect show, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so let me ask you this: In terms of the anthology, uh, you're starting off with what three stories in A1? So are they going to be staggered, or would you say that, like, by issue three, the first three stories are done, and then issue four comes out,
3: and you have three new stories? No. I mean, right now, um, there's there's two A1s. There's going to be a monthly A1, um, which has three stories in, and um, at least for the first six issues, they'll all be the same three strips. Um, but then there's going to be the... Um, uh, the annual A1, uh, which is going to be it's going to be nearly 200 pages, and be uh, self-contained stories by lots of different creators, and that will be kind of a, a rotating basis of you know it's it's going to be different every book. Some creators may stay. A lot of uh, quite a few creators have actually already said, please can we be in every book? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so some creators have already sort of said like look i'll definitely do you 10 pages the book right um and you know particularly considering who they are i'm more than happy to have them well give us give us an idea on who's who's going to be in the book um dave doorman tom rainey dave wilkins alex hawley um you know michael gilbert alan moore um you know the, the some of the usual suspects but some you know People like people you haven't seen for a long time, like Sandy Plunkett. Uh, Sandy's done this amazing. It's actually the beauty of having something like a, a nearly a two hundred page book. You know, Sandy has has done a thirty page story that I'm going to be running. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you know, and same with Scott. Scott Hampton. Um, I'm going to have a like a thirty six page story from Scott Hampton. So which is, uh, you know, a, a big monster story. Um, <clears throat> so I think it's, you know, it's it's great that um, the versatility of, you know, look if you've got a one-page story, but it's like, you know, you, normally it's like you'd never think of even, like, doing it because you just don't have – there's no way – there's no home for it. Right, right. Okay, well, now there is. Nice.
1: Yeah. Nice. Um, you know, does – and I'm going to throw this out there because of your accent. Does uh, like the anthologies, you know, over in England and, and stuff like that? Does that kind of play into why you'd rather do the anthology?
3: Um, I think it's it's maybe it, maybe it has. I mean, I um, you know, growing up in in England, it was always um, as my comics. I was I was kind of um, nursed on. the the weekly anthology comic where you would have, you know, you you get your your copy of Valiant, um, which was actually a British weekly comic, and you'd have a war story in it. You'd have a, you know, soccer story in it. You'd have a police story in it. You'd have a science fiction story in it. And, you know, exposed to different art styles. So you know, and then you know growing up on that and heavy metal um has definitely influenced it, but i think um I think what it also is I think that we have there's so many comics now being produced where you know you need the scorecards, you've got like well, here's the monthly book, but it's part one of a twenty four part story
0: mm-hmm.
3: I think that what people are missing is. We're always going to need, to, to, get, to get people active and interested in comics, you're gonna pu- we need to start pulling the mass market in. And so, like, A1 and Monster Massacre, while it's going to be a lot of creators that everyone knows and loves, I think what's also important is to keep the mass market aware of and interested in actual comics, not just the is based on comics they've heard of, but actually reading comics, and my how I approach it is to get the mass market, you have to appeal to the mass market. The mass market, when they read a magazine, that magazine is uh, it's an anthology. It's an anthology of, of articles and mm-hmm. stories. You know, you never have to buy a copy of Entertainment Weekly uh, the, the the following week. To read, you know, like, oh, I need part two or part four of that article. It's not. It's not, it's, it's self-continued. That is the mentality of the mass market. So you need to give them something where they can go through it. They go, wow, that's great. I'd love to see more. And it's like, well, would you? Well, in the next one we do, those creators are coming back and they're doing another story with those characters. And it's building. What I'm trying to do is, in a very small way, start building... Um, a a place for people to actually enjoy comics without feeling they need a scorecard without going like what he's doing this. What did he do? Where's he been? You know, I'm, 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 you know, it's when people walk into a comic store and they go like, um, where's, you know, what's happening with Spider-Man? And it's like, you know, you, the retailer, you know, the manager has to take a deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you, um, you know, it's like, no, we need to find start having things where it's like it, you know, it it's anthologies aren't easy to do to try and produce something that, hey, everyone can read this. Like, you know, if you're a Spider-Man fan or a Wolverine fan or Batman fan, yeah, you're going to be able to read a one and enjoy it. But also, if you're the heavy metal reader, or the 2000 AD reader, or if you're the person who, you know, used to read comics but man, you just can't get into them now because they're all multi-part stories, whatever. Oh wow, great! There's a book for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So you know, even I mean, even the both the first books of A1 and Monster Massacre have um, uh, stories by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Um, you know, it's it's like in each issue of A1 and Monster Massacre. I want to be able to sort of like show the breadth of what comics are, have been, and can be, um, but without you know without it being a lesson, without without feel like you're sitting down at school. Right, right.
1: Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but we're out of time for this month.
3: Well, I think we said everything I wanted to say, but
1: that's Good, good. Okay, everybody out there interested, um, right now I have the March previews in front of me. If you go to page 345, you can get your pre-order in for A1 number 2. And if you turn over to page 346, there's this beautiful Titan Comics ad that shows off even more of it. So they can check that out. Uh, Can they find you anywhere online or anything?
3: Yeah, no. As I said, on DeviantArt. um, Dave Elliott on Twitter. Um, you can uh, Atomic Press is on Facebook. Um, yeah, any of any of those will get me Instagram, whatever.
1: And Titan.
3: Titan
1: Dash Comics. Titan Dash dot com. You can check it out there. Yep. Dave, thank you. And uh, as you as you mentioned, you're going to be back with us on the show every month, and we are going to kind of break down what book is coming out that month, and you know get everybody hyped up for it. Cheers! Yeah, definitely. Our first Century Media Band of the Month is one of my favorites, which is Heaven Shall Burn off of their new album, Vito, which comes out April 30th. This is Land of the Upright Ones. Time for our first Dark Horse Discourse with All Driver. What's up, Bob?
4: Dan, how you doing, man?
1: Good! Good! I, I gotta say, I am like super excited to have you be a part of this and in Dark Horse to be a part of this, so I'm basically just gonna sit here and listen to what the hell's going on at Dark Horse, because Looking you're gonna tell
4: us. The Mo- Monsters in Metal podcast is rad, so I think, you know, we, we should definitely touch on some upcoming horror books that we've got coming out. Um, you know, let's uh, let's just kind of jump into it. Uh, if you haven't been reading, uh, let's see, you know, X is coming out in number zero is hitting uh, in April, and that's going to be a really solid title for us. That's the zero issue, so you can jump on and kind of get a feel for the character and reimagining Um that's going to be a fun one for us, as well as Corey Taylor's new book, House of Golden Bones, number one, which is going to be a four-issue uh, miniseries that kind of ties into his second Stone Sour album. That's definitely got a horror feel to it. Um, wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, 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 go ahead, go Are ahead. Are you
1: trying to tell me that you got a horror book written by a metal guy?
4: Totally, totally. I mean, he's, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a direct representation of his album work, but uh, it's definitely very much a, a spooky, nightmarish trip through Corey Taylor's mind.
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome. What else is coming up?
4: Well, you know, there's obviously BPRD Vampire, if you haven't been keeping up with the BPRD series. Mike Mignola has been crushing over the past couple of years. I mean, last year we took the BPRD to hell, and now that we're in hell, obviously Hellboy's in hell. uh, The BPRD is trying to figure out what they're doing, and so we've been... Trekking Through the Earth, uh, BPRD Hell on Earth is going solid. Uh, BPRD Vampire is written, uh, obviously, by Mike Mignola, and then has artwork by Gabriel Bond, Fabio Moon, who are the creative team on Day Tripper, which took on a ton of awards. So, I mean, this book is, is really rad for us as well. And then, later on in April, we're going to have The Last of Us coming out, uh, The Last of Us comic book, um, which is related to the video game. But it's all very post-apocalyptic, brutal stuff. Uh, you know, it, it's it's going to get graphic, it's going to get horrific, and that's fun for us.
0: <laughs> totally,
4: beat, right? right?
1: can't beat that.
4: Sure, no, absolutely not. And then, obviously, uh, I, I didn't touch on Abe Sapien yet, but we are launching an Abe Sapien mini series to coincide with the VPRD stuff. Abe Sapien's coming back, and that's going to be super awesome for us as well. Um, so we'll have the trifecta going at one point. So we'll have BPRD Vampire, Abe Sapien, and the ongoing BPRD series at the same time. Good stuff in the Minolaverse. Um, what else? Oh, you know, uh, Michael Avon Oving's got a new uh, series, The Victories. I don't know if you read that.
1: Oh my God, The Victories is awesome. Victories is so brutal.
4: It's one of those. It's one of those not probably for kids books, but it's you know definitely, definitely in that style. And uh, man, that that book is crazy. So there is a new series coming out with The Victories uh, called Transhuman, and that's going to be hitting. I believe it's early. Nope, it's late April when so that's coming out. Uh, no, and May first. Excuse me, May first. Okay. So look for the victories May first. Let's see what else. Um,
1: well, let me ask mm-hmm. you this because I mean, question, please. Uh, one of the like longest running uh, series and one of the best selling series you got are the Buffy stuff.
0: Yeah,
4: the Buffy stuff is crazy. I mean, we're on season nine now, uh, and and it's it, we're on issue twenty-one is coming. Uh, actually, twenty is coming shortly, but twenty-one is in May, and uh, we're rounding off to the final arc of this Buffy verse. Uh, everybody's merged now. I think I can pretty much say that. Now we've got Willow and Spike and Buffy. Everybody's in the same comic, uh, and it's coming to a crazy close for this season nine finale, which I think everybody in the Buffy verse is really looking forward to. Um, you know, we have. Had some successful miniseries with Willow and Spike, uh, but now having everybody under one banner is really rocking out for us. And you're a Buffy fan, aren't
0: you?
1: Oh, huge! No, actually, I'm not, but. Thanks for trying to make me one.
4: <laughs> well, you know, like, you know, I, 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 every now and then I I never know who who's on what side of the weed verse, and you know some people are just Doctor Horrible, some people are Buffy. You, know, you never you never know. I'm a cabin in the woods kind of guy myself. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, what else? What else we got? I'm just trying. To, I'm trying to think what else is happening first. always for
1: got May. creepies. You got tons of creepies. Oh yeah,
4: creepies. Creepy quarterly is still coming. We got creepy uh, quarterly number twelve is hitting May eighth. Um, let's see. Oh, all kinds of... Uh, oh, yeah, we've got... Uh, Richard Corbin is doing all these awesome Edgar Allan Poe adaptations for us. And the next one that he's doing is The Fall of the House of the Usher. And uh, Richard Corbin, I mean, came up through Creepy and the E.C. stuff. and I mean, he's just he's phenomenal, phenomenal artwork. And he's writing it, too. It's it's a stand, pretty much, you know, a phenomenal culminating work of his. Let me see. What Any
1: Baltimore stuff or anything?
4: Baltimore? Or Baltimore. I believe we announced for, I believe it's August is the next, no, no, June. June is the next Baltimore uh, book, and it's Baltimore the Inquisitor, uh, which is going to be definitely an interesting series, you know, from uh, Mr. Mister Gold and Mr. Mignola. Um, yeah, Baltimore is coming back, so check for that for June 19th is when that will be hitting stands. Uh, and obviously, you know, we are doing a lot of, superhero stuff this year we've got X coming back as I mentioned at the beginning of this we've also got Captain Midnight who we're bringing back from the uh, from the 50s we're resurrecting him as a brand new superhero in the Dark Horse realm uh, let's see uh, on top of Captain Midnight we've got Catalyst Comics which are being written by Joe Casey great stuff there That Catalyst was a series we did a while back in the 90s and we're bringing back again um, and Ghost have you been reading Ghost have you been reading the miniseries by Kelly Sue DeConnick I do not follow Ghost that's okay Ghost is rad
1: Ghost is fun. I highly I, recommend it. I love this because people don't know this, but when you send out the press releases on stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, you guys want to review this, you always leave these awesome notes that are just like, no, seriously, check this one out because it's awesome. It's rad. Well,
4: you know, I try I try to be as, <laughs> as even keel as I can be with the different titles that we put out. And if there's someone that stands out, I'm going to let you know that you should definitely read this. Um, yeah. And I'm just trying to think, what else? What's going on with, back?
1: well, let me ask, what's going on with Strain? Yeah.
4: With with which?
1: Strain. The, the strain? strain? The
4: Strain. Yeah. The strain. Well, uh, you know, the Strain is wrapped up now. We've got the uh, second trade is coming down the line shortly. The series is finished, uh, but that is not the end for the Strain. I will not say uh, say exactly what is coming up next, but I will say that there is more in store for the Strain series.
0: Okay. That's, that's
4: yeah, got to read, read. Go read the trilogy books. Guillermo del Toro was crazy. Love it.
1: <laughs> Tell me about Amala's bro, uh, blade. Because the, the, the zero issue just came out.
4: Yes. The blade zero issue. What?
1: Amala's blade.
4: Well, oh, Moll's Blade. I'm sorry, I didn't hear okay. the Amala part. Sorry, the phone cut <laughs> off. Moll's Blade's rad. Yeah, you know, totally. I mean, female-fronted sci-fi stuff is amazing. The, the Moll's Blade zero issue that was the Dark Horse collected stuff. Um, you know, just critically acclaimed. The series is starting very shortly. I believe the first issue hits in a couple weeks, actually, and uh, we're really stoked about it. Steve Horton's a great writer, so I think it's a it's a very fun series to check out, especially it's kind of all ages even, so that's the best part about
1: it. With your Dark Horse Presents books, are you you guys testing stuff, like, you know, the the victory started in that, and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, is that like Dark Horse's way to, you know, see how things play out, or is that just like, here it is, and guess what, it's coming out next month?
4: Totally. Well, Dark Horse Presents has always been kind of a jumping-off point, kind of a springboard for a lot of larger titles. I mean, you know, going back in the day to Concrete, when Dark Horse Presents first started, or uh, Black Cross, Boris the Bear, etc. If you go all the way back in time, you see all these books kind of broke off from Dark Horse Presents, became their own entities, Uh, um, Hellboy even. Uh, And so, you know... With that, we're able to take these different chapters, and installments, and see, yeah, what works, what doesn't work, what people are fans of, what's what works on a chapter-based level rather than a uh, you know a, a long-form story kind of thing. And so, with that, we can take the working books or the ones that are really just stand out, and then you know give them their own series, see if there's life in that. And the uh, late is definitely showing that life. And you know, outside of that, even um, *Black Beetle*, man that that book is crushing. Francesco Francavillas' Black Beetle is one of those just awesome, awesome titles that everybody should be checking out. Just p- perfect pulp noir.
1: And what do you guys got uh, coming out on the manga front?
4: The manga front? Man, well, you know, it's the 25th anniversary of Dark Horse manga right now, and um, there's some awesome on the buy that are coming out at the end of the, uh, the springtime here, and I believe we've got, let's see, what is it? In in the manga stuff, so we've got Lone Wolf and Cub Omnibus Volume 1, and everybody's been begging us to recollect the uh, Lone Wolf and Cub stuff, so that is coming, so people can get excited about Lone Wolf and Cub, and then uh, after that, we're actually putting out Lone Wolf 2100, the spin-off series, in an omnibus as well, um, so two big omnibuses people are going to really want to get their hands on are those, and then we'll also have some awesome other mangas as well, such as... Uh, Trigon. Let's see, multiple bullets is coming back, and then we also have Tokyo Babylon, a new series starting with us uh, at the end of this month. In fact, I believe. Nice. Yeah, you... so I mean, there's lots of lots of good stuff happening with uh, with the <laughs> manga, the the manga gear that is Dark Horse. So yeah.
1: I think that's the the perfect way to wrap it up because we're about to find out. Your ten minutes is up, sir. I
4: love I love when you tell me this because so I, I just shut up. Bob, just get, on, <laughs> get off the freaking phone. <laughs> so that's before awesome. You, well, before
1: you can go, though. Yes. You got to tell us what we're about to fucking rock out to. Uh,
4: yes. Let's let's go fucking rock out to some soil work off the new uh, Living Infinite CD, the double disc. This is a track called Tongue. So enjoy that. Dan, thank you for having me out.
1: Hey. Talk to you
4: next month. All right. Done. If you haven't seen the comic? Check it out at dynamite, was it Dynamite.com or .net? And if you don't know about the Living Corpse, uh, the Living Corpse is a character who's a zombie, but he's a good guy. I'm sure you've all heard of it. Uh, put out. There's a whole. Bunch, we got a whole bunch of trades out from uh, like two trades out from Dynamite. You can get the individual issues, stuff like that. So, uh, so what DVD do we got going on that- now? Oh, well, the Blu-ray comes out June 18th with uh, a comic on the, on the CD itself, so you'll be able to check out, like, a new issue that hasn't been published yet. And um, I'm sure there's going to be uh, some other stuff coming from us really soon this year. It'll be at the Asbury Park Comic Con March 30th. It's a one-day show. It should be pretty fun. Cool. So gonna what are we going to talk about in the future about our, uh, our little part of the podcast? What do we got coming up? Yeah, we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. We're probably going to be talking about, you know, kind of behind the scenes of the industry a little bit when it comes to movies and comics. Um, we'll probably talk about some government conspiracies.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, but, we'll talk uh, all about the reptilian agenda. We've got some other stuff in the works, too. we got what uh, we're putting out for you, called, Z- called a Zamba. It's kind of like a zombie version of uh, the president. with like a political... Take to it, post-apocalyptic zombie world. And that should be coming out. we that with doing that with Dave that runs the Monster Mania Con. Yeah, Monster Mania is a great convention. Uh, it's like held two, three times a year. A pretty big show, lots of big stars, all kinds of old-school actors and stuff like that. So uh, this is Dave's like first first run of making a comic, and uh, it's kind of like been four years in the making. And now this Obama's in the second term, we're gonna have some fun with it. Zamba. Yeah, that's definitely gonna be fun. What else would yeah, you do? Yeah, what do you, what you do that? for a living? What do you what do you do? Tell us a little about tell us a little bit about yourself, Buzz. Who? For me? Oh, well, I'm a tattoo yeah. artist. And uh I do that every day. Tattoo zombies on um, people and then draw them in comics. What do you do, Ken? Me, uh, I'm a freelance artist right now. I mostly work for Dynamic Forces, doing sketch covers, and uh, whatever I can whore myself out to get. That's about crazy to do. Yeah. Long hours, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, all right, throw it in off. let's work on some corpse. Yeah. And we, got a, really a, we just started working on the new mini-series, which should be cool, called The Living Corpse Relics. That's going to be the next six issue mini coming out, and uh, I guess whenever we get it done, hopefully next year sometime. Yeah, we're probably working on it the rest of the year. Six issues. Uh, I think we're going to do something cool where all the covers connect, and uh, I guess just to give you a little teaser. The corpse is going to go up against a uh, an archaic an archaic character from his past, so uh, we're getting deeper into the storyline, and uh, it'll be pretty interesting. Yeah we are yeah, definitely now. we're definitely getting uh, we're gonna be uh answering a lot of questions people have had. Like yeah, you know, who the corpse was before you know, before he died. We're gonna see a lot yeah. of that and a the lot more into than, what she was doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, it's all fun. More zombie madness. You know, everybody wants yeah. something different now. Everybody's uh, everybody's already got their got their Stomach's full on Romero and Walking Dead, so it's time for a new zombie paradigm. This is <laughs> it's time for the new zombie paradigm, the zombie hero. So we'll see how that takes off in the next five to ten years. But yeah, uh, It was funny. Yesterday, I was it. talking to my sister-in-law, and she was like, yeah, I just had to delete all these apps off of uh, her 11-year-old kid's uh, iPhone. They were, she was like, there was like 99% zombie games. Yeah. There zombie right. Mayhem. Yeah. Tommy everything. All day, every day. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, you know what else we got coming out? Living Corpse, Inc. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're working pretty that? hard on it. We got a um, full staff of uh, tattoo artists from uh, the horror genre of tattooing all doing a double-page spread and a full-length issue called the Living Corpse, Inc. Stories about... Um, yeah, the history of tattooing a little bit mixed with a little bit of uh demonology and craziness where Corpse gets involved. And uh, so it'll be cool. You know, we and Ken are going to start it out the first few pages, and then the art switches up, and each page will be drawn by different artists all in their own style. Yeah. So that's cool because it's cool. like guys that have never touched comic work before. Just they're known for cool tattoos, and they're, they're trying something different. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be really cool. I will warn people that it is going to take us a little bit of time to put it together because you we're know, working on a huge staff of, of super talented, world-renowned tattooers. They tend to get busy. So we're just trying to keep everybody on schedule, stay in touch with everyone, make sure everyone's knocking their art out, keeping its ass. So far, I've seen some of the stuff that's coming out, and uh, it's looking kind of crazy. I'm starting to like it. So um, we, always got a, you know, we always got something going on. Tons of projects, tons of stuff. Yeah, how about our uh, sci-fi movie stuff? Can we talk about that? Yeah, uh, I'm probably not, but we will anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a <laughs> for you. We got some sci-fi movie stuff coming up. Yeah, we already We've pitched. Uh, we got a project. We pitched to the Sci-Fi Channel, which are very interested in, called uh, Little Dead, Rotting Hood, sort of a zombie, of course, twist on an old fairy tale, and. um a little bit about it is that, you know, uh, we take we take Red Riding Hood to another level where she, uh, you know, she hunts the wolves. You know what I mean? It's gets a little bit more dangerous than uh, the innocent hop-along character in the, in the forest. But, um, yeah, we definitely are going to, uh, you're, you're going to see the movie for that first or the comic for that first, but it's something that's hot on the works for uh, what we're doing. It's called Little Dead Riding Hood. It's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, a couple things coming down the line, man. Always something. Yeah, very cool. And what other shows are shows doing you What's going on here? We can, uh, we off here. Oh, the shows coming up. Uh, we're always at Philly. It was a world Philly. We're always at uh, Baltimore. We never miss that. That's in September. Uh, Pittsburgh. That's in September too. We'll be there. What else we got? We got next weekend. We got is um, that Asbury Park Comic Con? One day yeah, show Asbury on Saturday. Park show. We're going to be there. That's my uh, buddy Cliff puts out a book for Rap Bastard. It's pretty good, and uh, he's yeah. doing that show with uh, one of the guys from Comic Book Men. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that show. It's going to be pretty cool. It's a one day show, but uh, it's you know it's going to be for people who love comics. And yeah, speaking of Comic Book Men, it's cool. uh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The video. Yeah, play the video. video. Yeah, we were for, just uh, up, up at. Uh, Inside of Bob's secret stash, and uh, they filmed a video up there, which is cool. They they actually let us film in the store on a on a Sunday when it was actually pre packed. And uh, yeah, so the, and the video's out now. You can actually look it up on YouTube, and but and and we're gonna be introducing it very soon, right? You can play it. On yeah, there. yeah. Actually, uh, the song's coming out right now, so uh, check it out. It's called "A Corpse Is a Corpse, of course, of course" by Hammer Fight.
1: Talking to Andrew Kadalco. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's
4: up, then?
1: Oh wait, do
4: you should I say A.M. Cadelka? Do I say this again?
1: Should I say A.M. Kadalco?
4: <laughs> oh, nah, it's, yeah, it's just a play on the words with some, you know, A.M. Kadelka or A.M. kadelka But Andrew's cool.
1: I'm giving you. I'm just giving you crap. That's all.
4: Yeah, no, that's okay.
1: Okay, that's um, <laughs> so. Much like Discussions, we are here and we're going to basically, you know, just like when you were on Discussions, just talk about... Well, actually, if you, are, you are a San Diego coverage analyst for Discussions.
0: Oh, yeah, for last year. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But <laughs> well,
1: this time, I'm going to give you ten minutes and we're going to talk all about your badass comic, Mongrel.
4: So, uh, yeah.
1: so do it. Tell, what's Mongrel? What's it all about?
4: Mongrel uh, is basically a combination of just an urban werewolf story. Uh, it was an older, uh, series of books that we were planning on doing with a defunct company called Northstar. They only put out one issue and we were moving ahead, starting along until they just decided, well, we're not going to do any more. And the company decided to go bankrupt a little bit after that. Lots of red tape later, um, me and Ed Dunphy, the writer decided, well, why not? Let's, you know, let's do it again. Let's finish it. Let's complete it. Um, for me, it was more of a cathartic, you know, journey because I enjoyed working on it and I wanted to finish it, uh, So for him, he wanted to push it out there again. He was really, you know, enthusiastic. Let's do it. Let's finish it. Because him and I always talked about doing other things with it. Um, It was basically our homage to the old werewolf horror movies that we loved. You know, we grew up on, like, The Howling or uh, American Wolf in London. And uh, he threw in his, you know, CSI-style stuff with the detective and that that character. And I thought that was cool. So... uh, we decided let's let's move forward. Let's see where else we can take this guy out of the '90s and into the future. You know,
1: right, right. So okay, well, did you do a lot of? If this was originally written in in the '90s, did you do a lot of editing to modernize it at all?
4: No, we wanted to keep it kind of set in the '90s, so that when we do the sequel, we want to kind of set it to now and show the difference in uh violence because at the time the book came out it was considered mature audiences and since then violence has really pushed the envelope it's always that whole how far can we push the shock factor how much blood and guts and stuff can we push and it got pretty intense in the last roughly 20 years as far as what's you know acceptable and what's not and i mean something as simple as like a nip slip becomes controversial while more blood more guts just as normal on regular TV.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. I think it's it's, an,
4: it's it'd be an interesting commentary on where we were with this book before and where we are now. And that was actually, I remember, if I remember correctly, Alan Moore's, you know, his take on 1963, that series that he came out with Image back in the 90s. hmm was doing a similar thing where he was going to end it with an annual and in an annual he was going to have modern superheroes versus the old 60s superheroes and to show the difference between how much, you know, has changed, you know, as far as what's considered mature and not. And uh, it was going to be interesting, but it never came out. It never completed. I don't think it. I don't think they had enough uh, investment or, or budget for
1: it. Sure. Okay. So speaking of budget, right now you guys are on Kickstarter. You can go to Kickstarter and search "mongrel sob graphic novel." Even though I'm sure "mongrel" is probably all you need, all you need to type. That's right. Yeah. That's the only "mongrel"
4: right? thing on there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, by the time this this show is airing, everyone, you have 14 days because funding is going to end April
4: 14th. So correct. We we made I, it a month long.
1: Yeah. And at the moment, let's just say at the moment of the time of us recording this, you're already over your goal, so now you're trying to reach some of your stretch goals. So congratulations.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it it was a pretty exciting little ride there.
1: So, um, well, I'll be invited to the party,
4: right? Yeah, there'll be be a party (laughs) at your house.
0: Oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm sure you What's really your not-
4: address again Post it, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, it's it's going to be great. I mean, that is a good idea. We probably should have a wrap-up party if, at the end, you know, find a find a shop that'll host it somewhere and and have a bunch of people over. Um but yeah, the the, the point we're at right now, we're at I think we've reached a little over 5,000 and we're hoping to reach around 7, at least include a short story in there and some pin-ups. Um we rounded up a bunch of great artists to help us with the uh, pin-ups, so I wanted to really push those in the new book and get, you know, more more, more enthusiastic response with a bunch of different artists working on our, our idea.
1: Yeah, you guys have been posting those those on your Facebook page lately, and i got to say, they're, yeah. they're fantastic. That Charlie Brown one is awesome.
4: <laughs> Mongrel Kids, yeah. That one was really fun. I, I even, as soon as I saw that, I said, man, it would be awesome to do just a couple strips of that with with him drawing at Rodrigo. Uh, Mirales, the guy who drew that one. I wanted to do more, like, just random stuff like that would be really fun. So, I mean, That's all possible if we get a little more funding. I want to really do push push down a little with this stuff.
1: Yeah, so far you guys have posted uh, stuff by uh, Jim Terry, Bernie
4: Gonzalez,
1: and RM Solo is what he goes by. Yeah,
4: that's Rodrigo Miralek Solo. Yeah, exactly. And there's several other people that have shown interest. Uh, uh, Douglas Cloud showed some interest in doing something. Uh, Hilary Barda showed some interest. Gene Ha showed some interest. So there's several people that showed interest, but we're hoping to get actually, you know, actually get to work and then put it up there. But there's a lot of lot of friends of mine that are just, you know, really hyped up about trying something. So yeah, they're all they're all, And one of the guys uh, I'm friends with as well, the old Mortal Kombat creator John Tobias. I asked him to see if he wanted to do something. That he's really enthused about it as well. So maybe we'll get one of his illustrations.
1: Cool. Okay. So uh, we okay. What are we raising funds for? Because I know it shows you guys have the first two issues for sale.
4: Oh, we're raising issue. We're raising funds to basically complete the third issue and put it out as a graphic novel. Okay, um, that's that's past three, so that's going to happen. The third issue is going to be completed, and the book is going to be a graphic novel. We're pushing for the stretch goals to be able to get a short story with pen ups and stuff put in there, um, and basically just give a lot of extra content to people right. who uh, ordered ordered books.
1: Okay, so now that, uh, and I don't know because you know we're just we're talking that you just met your goal for the most part, but now that mm-hmm. you know your goal has been met, you know you're going to be able to order your your books and and everything. Where can people get them? You know, is, is can they get them from the Mongrel website? Can they get them from you guys? You know, in shops? You know, any any plans yet? Like I said, we just you just met your goal, so.
4: Right, I think if anything, we're going to be pushing sales on the website, the mongrelcomics.com dot com website. Um, a few retailers probably locally will have it. I know that there's been a couple pledges for retailers to get several copies of the graphic novel. So not too many retailers will have it available. It'll be mostly available through special order or people who've funded the Kickstarter. One of our goals is to put it on Amazon to see if we can get it on there as well. So I'm hoping to get it on there too, but that'll all depend on if we you know, continue forward with some of the stretch goals.
1: Sure, sure. Now you kind of mentioned... Uh that you have plans for the future. So does that seem like something that might happen soon? Like uh, volume two, if you will?
4: Oh, from Mongo? Yeah. Yeah, that would be something I would like to do. We we keep, you know, with the with the reinvigoration and, and resuscitation of the series, we've been talking about where can we go further with this. Because I've had tons of ideas for this character, you know, while I was working on the first series. Just ideas kept popping into my head, and I've thrown them past Ed, and Ed's come up with his own. So we're, we have some, you know, really interesting ideas as far as where can we take a a werewolf franchise and move it somewhere else that hasn't been done before. And I always like homages, but I always like when, you know, the whole good odd quote, you know, it's not where you take it from, it's where you take it to. So I don't mind people, you know, taking out old rehashed ideas, but just taking it somewhere further is usually the goal. And some of the stuff we have planned should be pretty exciting as far as. You know, what's the connection between the wolf and the moon, and why is this werewolf have a, a, a visage similar to a T Rex? You know, that kind of stuff.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh, now, that, okay, so with the Kickstarter raising funds for the graphic novel, you said issue three will be done, but will there actually be a printed issue three?
4: Oh, yeah, there'll definitely be a printed issue three, especially for people who've per- purchased the first two issues. And, okay. Those people are definitely going to get a, a chance to get the third issue, no matter what. If they're interested and they want the third issue, they'll get it. Because um, I want to, I, I, for completists basically, I want to give you know respect to that collect, collectors mentality and uh, the graphic novel for people who haven't purchased anything, just want it all collected because that's you know that's another way of buying the whole story and being able to have it on hand. But yeah, definitely there'll be a third issue, single series or single sure. issue.
1: And and people can get the the single the issues one and two now even if they wanted them, right?
4: Correct, correct. Those are available. And and people, you know, message, message us right now. It's the the store on the website isn't functional, but once it is you can order it that way too.
1: Okay. Cool. And what's the what's the website?
4: The website is mongrelcomic.com.
1: And, and it's basically
4: the same for Facebook and Twitter and you'll you'll find them that way. Just mongrelcomic Comic are the keyword searches.
1: Sure. Now how about you? Can we find you online?
4: Yes. Uh, speaking about going full circle, amkudelka.com. It's just my first <laughs> first initial, second initial, A-M, Mitchell. So basically A-M, and then my last name, Kudelka, dot com.
1: Okay, this is going to go up in April. So any shows uh, you got coming up that you want to plug? People come see you? San
4: Diego. I'll be going to San Diego Comic-Con this year. I'll be in Artist Alley. Um, there'll be Dan Con Fall, and that's in September, right?
1: That's so in I'm, September.
4: Yeah, so that, that'll that be that. Um, and those are the, probably the only two that I'm going to be doing. Oh, and there's pre-comic book day I'll be doing at uh, Vigilante Press. So what that's about, May 1st.
1: Are you not attending C2E2 this year?
4: No, I'm skipping C2E2 this year. Uh, just I wanted to take a break initially. I wasn't even going to do San Diego, but I thought San Diego, I should take my son this year. So I wanted to have some experience at C2E2. I just decided to put that on the, on the, on the side uh, for this year at least. Cool.
1: Well, that'll be cool. Um, and you said something about free comic day at Vigilante Press. Do they have a website people can check out?
4: Yeah, Vigilante Press. I, I'm not sure what their uh, last three letters are, but I know it's, they're on Facebook as well if you look up Vigilante Press. And it sounds like a publishing house, but they're a comic shop over by Ukrainian Village. It's a little, little small store that's run by a couple of great people.
1: And that's in Chicago, just so everyone knows. That's Correct, right.
4: yeah. Yeah, it's in Chicago, yeah.
1: Cool. Well, Andrew, thank you for taking the time. I uh, everyone go out and go to Kickstarter and, and help fund this book because I've read the first two issues. I know it's good.
4: <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad you took the time out to have an interview with me. That's great.
1: Hey, no problem. Talk to you later. Our next Century Media Band is Fan with the title track off of their album, Blood Swept, which drops on April 2nd. This is... Blood swerved. I hate everything you love. Segment with Doug <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh Ruined already. What a way to start. What a way to start. Oh the point of this segment is that we are going to let you either you can you can email us, go to the Monsters in Metal website, you can email us questions, um, or you can go to our Facebook page and you can post them there and Doug's basically Going to choose one uh, each month, and he's going to answer it because that's what he likes to do, or we're forcing him to do it. it it's one or the other. So, um, Doug, are you ready for your question? I am. Okay, your question this month comes to us from Jeff Jackson in a, somewhere in Georgia. I think it's near Atlanta. He says, "Why do fanboys pray that certain titles get them can get canceled, even if they're not reading them?"
4: Um, oh, you know, that's an interesting question. Did, you get, did he give an example of a, a comic book that people want to go away?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I can give you some examples. They, sure, can you? They, they, could give, they can cancel all the X-Men books, and I wouldn't care. Or, you know, I, maybe I'd be a little happy about that, but I'm not reading any of them to know what the hell's going on.
4: Right. Well, see, there's, on the surface... It seems unreasonable, but like you're but like you're not reading it. What do you care if it's there or not and all that,
0: right? Sure.
4: However, I think it's it's more than that. Like, I I, I had a neighbor, right? I just moved, but I had a neighbor, and I don't like the guy, and he doesn't like me. But I really didn't have to see him much. You know, I see him maybe three minutes a month. He doesn't really affect my life at all, uh, but I know he's there, you know? <laughs> and I just, I, it would, the world would be better if he just went away. Like, three minutes a month, it's not worth killing him or, or doing anything bad to him. But just the same, like, if he just disappeared, it, it would be better. You know, it would, it's the little things that, the longest and little things that make life crap. It's not one big thing, like, we're not all being hooked into submission in this country, but there's a million little things that irritates us. You, know, you know, what I mean? Right, right. But it's the same thing with the comic book. Like, yeah, I'm not reading it, but I know it's there, and it and it bothers me. Someone's being paid.
0: Someone's <laughs> <laughs> being paid
4: to do this.
0: <laughs> trees
4: are being innocent trees are being murdered, Dan, for this book. You know. Printers are being paid, and worse, the quote-unquote talent is being paid money to put out this piece of crap. You, you know what I mean? Sure. It's more, it's more than just a book that someone doesn't like. It's a, it's a whole... System. There's, there's, there's people existing. There's people being allowed to eat because this book exists that should probably be working us all night.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> it, it, you know, and, and it reflects on your hobby too. If your hobby is collecting comic books, and you tell somebody what your hobby is, and the only comic they can think of is Green Lantern that just had some stupid story arc about how he's gay, well, then that you know that reflects poorly on you. And then you got to go through some whole thing explaining how oh, no, I don't read Green Lantern, I read uh, this and that, and you know, nobody cares. The next time they see you, they ask how the Green Lantern's doing and if he's still gay.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's
4: how it works. And by the way, the story arc makes no sense to me. If you had a buddy and he told you later he was gay, uh, would you care as much as if, whether or not he had superpowers? <laughs> you have a ring with magical superpowers. Isn't whether or not you're gay like the, the least, the thing that has the least amount of gravity in your life?
0: <laughs> okay.
4: Yeah, you're, yeah, you're gay. Uh, that's great. Can you make a giant green car for me so I can get to work? It's nice work. <laughs>
0: that's, that's what I care about right
4: now. Oh, you're, you're, oh, you're gay. Oh, I, you know, how brave of you to come out of the closet. And would have been nice if you told me you could fly. <laughs> so How absurd is that, that? That DC makes this like the pivotal point in the guy's life. That he's, and by the way, a gay superhero whose power comes from jewelry. Nice.
1: Yeah, exactly.
4: Nice work, guys. Shiny ring. So yeah, yeah. A shiny ring. A big body, shiny ring. So, you know, you, you see that, and then the ear you, and then it sticks in your brain. And then every time you see the Green Lantern, even if you don't read it, you just walk past it, and the shelf like, oh, God, why can't this book go away? Why <laughs> can't all those, those people just die? Oh. So that, that's really it. it it's. It's not the book itself. It's everything that's surrounded. it. you have to explain it, you're not reading that book. And plus, it's taking up space from a book you do like. You know, it's taking attention away from a book you do like, and, and it's, it's all that. Well, it's I,
0: not,
4: does that play the in? whole god awful process of that book existing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> does that play into it though? Say, if do I do I care that a book that. I don't know. Hasn't been made in five years, but all they could still be making it if they wouldn't have ten Wolverine books.
4: Yes, yeah, exactly. The other thing It's taking talent away because from other books, that could you know, like obviously there's nobody more talented than Avengers. It was worth a crap. But let's say there was because DC has money. Let's say they hired somebody who was good. That person is now not available for a bookie you your life, You know, sure. there's, a, there's a slim talent pool out there. So, so that affects it too. Well, how come this guy's drawing the Green Lantern? How come he's not drawing the book I like?
0: <laughs>
4: well, if this book didn't exist, you would be drawing the book I like. Well, me. So there's that aspect of it too. You're looking out for the things that you want. How come my book's not being featured on some, you know, website review? How come my book didn't get this award? How come, you know, this thing's in the way? <laughs> Stuff I like in the way of stuff I like and you knowing that other people are reading it why are they reading this stupid thing instead of the thing that's good because I think it's good you know everybody everybody should like what I like that's the
0: other
4: thing <laughs> you know, we don't need any options other than the options I say are good
1: well that, that falls into the same category as um, you know why why keep paying for it if you if you hate it You know, all these X-Men books are terrible, yet I'm buying every single one of them.
4: Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's more, you know, just like a sick hope that it's going to turn around. Right. You know, but maybe this next one will be, you know, it's like roulette, or you're pulling a slot, like the next time it's going to, it's going to be a winner next time. Oh, no, this sucks, too. (laughs) It's It's like a roulette machine that you put four bucks in, and then you get, really bad art and ridiculous stories.
0: Oh, so, all
4: right. Every every single month, that's what you get. Exactly, so, all right,
1: uh, we've got about two minutes left, so let's, let's make sure you get your plug in. What do you, what are you working on now? Uh, Yep. Secret. (laughs) It's in previews. What are
0: you talking about?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, you said, what am I working on?
0: Oh. I'm
4: like, oh, what, what am I plugging? Uh, it's Arsacola a Big Stall, which is in previous. Um, and it's about a guy who gets a ring from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> and the ring gives him magical power. Like, he can do anything he wants with this ring, basically. He can make solid green objects and big cages, and he can fly with it and all sorts of stuff but he's really just worried about whether or not he can get married to his boyfriend.
1: That's right.
4: That's what it's about.
1: That's right. Red equal signs.
4: (laughs) I'm cracking myself up here. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, (laughs) That's the only thing he can't make with his ring is a Supreme Court justice. (laughs) <laughs> that's all <laughs> oh, he tried to sneak one in he like made a big <laughs> green to be court justice and tried to go, no, no, no no
0: no no! I'm justice um
4: uh lantern <laughs> <laughs> and, and I vote yes or is it no I don't know I didn't really read the law but I think I should get married
0: <laughs> where's
4: my chair do I get a robe what's the deal here where's my intern is he a guy
1: Oh, good lord. <laughs> so if you've got, you got a question that, that you want Doug to answer, don't forget, uh, go to either the Monsters in Metal website or go to the Monsters in Metal Facebook page, and you can post it there, and Doug's going to choose uh, each month the question that he wants. So, okay, what song are we going to uh, listen to now, Doug?
4: We're going to listen to Shotgun Mary by Lockjaw.
1: Why this song? Huh? why 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 is
4: why? You didn't tell me, I was gonna have to answer why
0: <laughs> everybody is
4: it's a, it's a good song that's why good enough Anything for me that ever happened to you.
5: History of horror comics i figured we'd start off uh pretty early in the, uh, excuse me in the beginning here now from the beginning of comics themselves i mean there's been horror elements in other books you know and there's superheroes battling like you know monster kind of guys and and whatever but uh, you know that's not what that's not a horror comic i mean in, in the 40s you had prize comics that uh that had uh, Frankenstein stories by Dick Briefer. It was, it was great stuff but you know it was, it was a comedy and and you had like classic illustrated doing stuff like Dr Jekyll and uh, Frankenstein and all that and uh, Charlton's yellow jacket was a was a anthology title had superheroes and all sorts of stuff in it and they had a tales of terror that ran ran every you know most of the issues you know they were they were horror stories but it wasn't a horror comic I mean, we wanted real monsters. Death, depravity, supernatural mayhem, deceit, literal backstabbing, werewolves, retribution, gore, funerals, graveyards, vampires, and violence! We want violence! (sighs) Ugh, fuck. It wasn't until uh, 1947, January 1947, when Avon, they're, they're a book publisher... And they put out some comics. They're still a book publisher. They do all that uh, uh, Avon romance shit, but uh, they put out eerie. It was a, it was a one shot. They always did one shot comics, but it was horror. It was it was an anthology horror comic, and it's pretty much what everybody calls the first horror comic. You know, the legitimate horror comic. And then uh, in the fall of 1948, the next year, uh, ACG American Comics Group. Uh, started up Adventures into the Unknown, which was the first uh, horror anthology comic that was a series that kept going. In fact, it kept going to the 60s. But there it was, uh, 1948, so there was a horror comic on the stands. But let, let's get serious. Uh, it, it wasn't until later when the ECs came out that horror comics really began. Now, okay, William Gaines... He He's the man behind EC Comics. He inherited his father's company, EC Comics, which was Educational Comics. And he took it over in 1947. And he, you know, they had some pretty, la- they did like picture stories from the Bible and stuff like that. But he kept it going and he kept cashing in on whatever trends were going on, crime and romance. And you know, late in the 40s, he brought over uh, an artist and writer named Al Feldstein, initially to do a teen book. But then the bottom fell out of that, and uh, that was that was scrapped. But uh, Feldstein stayed on and did the romance stuff. Uh, Gaines liked the way he drew women, and and he wrote and he edited some books. And uh, now th- those those two got along great. They really gelled together, and they knew it. And they were thinking of other possible genres to do, and they came upon horror because they liked the old horror radio shows like Witch's Tale and Lights Out and. Uh, all that so they they took two of their crime titles back in 1950 and not only did they put a horror story into them they actually gave them the cover too but uh crime patrol and war against crime both ran horror stories and they they went over well so they changed those titles to crypt of terror and the vault of horror they took one of their western titles and made that the haunt of fear Now, as far as I'm concerned, that is where horror comics began. Because EC was... You can't argue. They were the best. You're gonna... Still to this day, you're gonna have some suck-up know-it-all. Well, I don't think that they were quite as good as every... Shut up. They were the best. They had the best writing, the best artwork. Now, it it took a little while to to get their stride going, but once they did... They were just the best. They had the best stable of artists who were were all incredibly talented, and they they all were always trying to outdo each other. So it kept going even better. They had the ultimate horror artist, Graham Ingalls, who had been with the company for a while, doing some some crime stuff and some romance stuff, and, and none of it really you know stood out. But uh, Gaines was very loyal, and he stuck with him. And once they went to horror, he really found his niche and nobody in the history of the world can draw like ghastly graham Ingalls. He, he just stopped signing his name and started writing ghastly for his signature and it's just full of atmosphere and ooze and putrescence and there's nothing like a graham ingles piece of artwork and so they you know they they would write their stories and gear them towards him and they would gear other stories towards jack davis if they had like some backwoods yokel or or if they had, like, a love triangle where somebody's going to get killed, they had Jack Kamen, one of the best Good Girl artists of all time. And they had Johnny Craig, who had really super clean lines and could really draw tension in a scene. They added people like Reed Crandall, who was just otherworldly with his beautiful lines, and George Evans, and... God, Al Williamson drew in their science fiction, and Wally Wood. The science, their science fiction wasn't too far removed from their horror stuff. Uh, Gaines and Feldstein loved that genre, and they and they wrote for that too. Now, what it was was okay. Gaines was a little overweight, so am I. So so is a lot of, so are a lot of us. But anyways, so he was taking Dexedrine to to lose weight. It was a wonderful over the counter diet pill that I sure wish was still around. But but he'd be buzzed. You know, all all night, and he'd just stay up reading old pulps. So he he he'd just jot down a bunch of ideas. He called them springboards, little snippets of ideas. And then he he'd give them to Feldstein, who would who would take them and form a story around the ideas. And they they were doing a book a week like this, which is amazing when you think about it. Just writing, writing, and writing. And it wasn't shitty writing either. Feldstein was was a fantastic writer, full of great adjectives and and mood and atmosphere and in the beginning Feldstein would would draw some of the more iconic covers and and he was editing the books and finally they gave Vault of Horror over to Johnny Craig who made that his own book and he he did he did everything he did his writing and his art and edited the books but what a freaking stable of artists they had nothing's ever been seen like that since and obviously that just influenced the whole the whole market and everybody jumped on the horror horror bandwagon not only had they made horror a viable genre for comic books, but they made it fun. They had the crypt keeper and the vault keeper and the old witch, these cackling horror hosts who were always like cracking jokes on each other, making really bad puns, and it was it, it, it's fun as well as horrifying. And and the the fans ate it up. The letter columns were full of people cracking their own jokes and just spilling praise for the artists. And finally we had our gore. We had severed limbs and bulging eyes and decapitations and vampires and werewolves. We had that violence we wanted. And everybody that's sitting there right now reading a horror comic, be it Insane Tales of the Dead or Fright Feast or or Creepy or... or even if you're sitting there reading The Walking Dead... I like Laurie. No, I like Carl. Well, you owe everything to EC Comics for making horror a viable product for making horror comics what they are today, for influencing everybody that's in the horror genre now, be it in film, comics, or anything! You better thank EC. You better! That's all I have for today, but be sure to listen to every edition of Monsters and Metal and learn a little bit more about the history of horror comics, because it's important and you will be tested on it. It's my honor to introduce a song. It's a little bit different from everything else. Uh, this is from a, a band from Svenland from, uh, from their 1989 album Dime. It's uh, Ed Fudd on guitar, Steve Tucker on bass, George Kingston on drums. Uh, it's Kiroak. This song was the third single on the album. Uh, made it all the way up to number 78 on the charts. It's not exactly metal, but it's definitely bone-headed hard rock. This is Kerouac with Flip Top Colostomy. i a tackle,
0: I and some other things <laughs> That's a pretty little but there's something in the way I think I'm
1: gonna need an operation today
0: It's cancer, so He's I not open the Our not
5: gonna need an operation today Doctor, doctor, give me the knife This ain't no way to end my life
1: We are here with Dave Shy. Dave, what's up?
4: Hello, internet. Hello, Dan.
1: Do you like the new metal voice for the New Metal Monsters podcast?
4: I like it. It's good. It's freaking me out, actually. (laughs)
1: Uh, No, you're you're here because you know you you were on discussions a few times, and you were always talking Monster Dudes or Dead Winter. So so, what's the project now? What are you working on?
4: So I'm working on right now uh, Monster Dudes Two. Actually, just launched at Dancon this weekend. Or last weekend rather. Uh So we're looking to get uh, that out. We're super excited about it. But we're very proud of it. Um, yeah, it's been it's been awesome so far. The uh, the reaction's been really really cool. People have been very very kind and very uh, giving some cool feedback about it.
1: How can you not be excited about Monster Dudes? I I just think that's the the main question. I mean, th- just look at the title.
4: Yeah, you know, what? I think I'm too hard on people, but I I, I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> I don't know how you couldn't. It's, it's very disappointing. That's um, <laughs> usually the first thing I ask people. I ask them, why aren't they reading Monster Dudes? And the first question they ask me is, what is Monster Dudes? And that usually starts the conversation off pretty weird. But, you know, what are you going to do, I guess?
1: What, I, what I've learned from your Facebook page is that you've been given the, the double thumbs up by Rambo.
4: Yeah, yeah. He's uh, Rambo. Not, and not Sylvester Stallone, actually. John Rambo, the actual character from the movie, is a big fan of Monster Dudes. Uh, he has some very nice things to say about the issue. We're very—he's a good friend.
1: <laughs> who uh, issue two is out? So, so who makes a return in issue two? What characters do we see again?
4: So, issue two, we did some stuff a little bit differently. There's some longer stories, but uh, minimum wage mummies in there. I know you're a big fan of the mummies. Uh, we got Dracula being creepier than normal. Uh, who else? I'm trying to think of
1: all the things in that. The, the Dracula um,
4: story is pretty creepy. It's
1: pretty—it's pretty good.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've talked about this before, but I always just kind of viewed Dracula as just kind of being a creep, just because you know his, uh, you know his 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 magnetism towards women, he could put you under his trance, and I always thought that was a little kind of creepy and kind of you know date rapey, kind of weird, you know. So I kind of, I just kind of get a laugh out of him being just a huge, huge weirdo towards everyone.
1: Who else is in the book?
4: Who else is in the book? We have giant bugs. We have... Oh, what else do we have in the book? You know, regularly... I don't Are you supposed to, to have to the track. book in front of you? <laughs> you know, a regular smart person would, but, you know, it's me. We're talking here, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, here. Hold on. I have wait, here. wait, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Have, I got it. We have some uh, merman in there. Um, oh, my God, lunch. yes.
1: Yeah, we do I have to I have to tell you that the Merman story is fantastic. Yeah. And, oh my god, that is absolutely fantastic. You have old old Nosferatu. Oh
4: yeah. Yeah, the creepy old old uh Leonard Orlock, I think was his name. I think that
1: was Let's, right. go, let's get, And of course we have Quatch and Roll. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Which
0: which, which, yeah, which uh, uh, that was
1: that was your big twist ending
4: story. Wasn't it? Yes, it was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like looking back, as I'm like I'm reading this, I realize I must have been really hungry when I was writing this because there's a lot of food in this issue. <laughs> I must have been really hungry writing this. There's uh, yeah, there's some churros, there's nachos, there's pizza on the cover.
0: <laughs>
4: I should really have dinner before I sit down and write again because it'll there'll be a uh, tons of food will end up being in all the comics I make.
1: So okay, so you wrote this. So who drew it?
4: Uh, my friend Matt Fagan, who drew the first issue, who's been—he's uh, done a bunch of old, uh, like, tons of self-published stuff throughout the years. He did a really awesome collection comic called Love, which is really cool. And uh, yeah, he's—he's he's really stepped his, uh, his game up in this 2 It's not to say that the first issue that I didn't like his art, but it's just you could see like the progression, and it's awesome because the first issue came out a while ago, and it's almost good that it came out that long ago. It's because you could see this definitive difference between, you know, us being more comfortable with writing longer stories and math art is just, I don't know, improved. And just, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's cool. It's cool to look back. It hasn't even been that long, but it's cool to see, like, a progression, you know, like, we feel, uh, we're very proud of it.
1: Okay, and you guys are also saying that this summer we're going to get um, the the mummy swinging on a tire swing.
4: Yeah, thats it's going to be a whole issue of that. That's it. Twenty-two pages of just the mummy and the swing. Various <laughs> artists are drawing that, so it'll be really good. Um, <laughs> no, actually, yeah, we're. <laughs> on, uh, oh my god!
1: Oh my god! You should totally just do that now. You
4: should. You no, know, I can I can because we self-publish, so we can do what we want. So we don't care what anyone thinks.
1: Just think about yeah. it. Just think about it. You you tell this story through all these different artists of the of the mummy on the swing, and everyone's thinking like, oh, he's not really going to do it and then you do it.
4: Oh, yeah, I'll do it. I don't care. I don't care about my
0: fans.
4: (laughs) This is a a passion project. This is for me. This isn't for anyone else, so I don't even care. We'll have 22 pages of the mummy eating cereal, the whole issue, and that's it. But, uh, no, seriously, though, um, yeah, we're doing a summer special, which is going to be... I'm really excited. I'm... I'm, Basically, just finished writing it today. Um, a couple different of my friends are going to be drawing it, including Matt. So that'll be really cool. And it'll be similar to how Monster Dude is set up, where it's short stories, but it's going to be all mummy stories.
0: Mm-hmm. But
4: it's going to be one cohesive story about uh, basically what the minimum wage mummy does on the summer vacation. So it's going to be kind of... I've been really inspired off of, like, 80s comedy and stuff like that. So I'm kind of trying to put, like, a John Hughes type of twist onto it, so... We're we're really excited for it.
1: Can I since since you just finished the scripts, can I put a request in? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Can you put in the where's my two dollars joke?
4: Where is two dollars better off dead? Yep. Two dollars.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Didn't ask the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's genius.
0: Oh, that's pretty yeah,
4: funny. Definitely, definitely, like I said, '80s movies have been a big inspiration just because I feel like they would always write. Teenagers and characters, just kind of how it is. It is very relatable and very, very real. And that's what I'm trying to do. Even though he's a mummy, I kind of he's still a teenager and he still de- deals with the same things. Even though, you know, he's a mummy and he's thousands of years old. Right. You know. So. Right. Okay.
1: Okay. So you're listening to this, and maybe you want to buy Monster Dudes too. Where can they? Where can they get it?
4: So we have a Facebook page. You can go to Facebook.com/MonsterDude, and we have a store, that is also Dr. worm comics dot store dot com. And the first two issues are up there so far and uh some other cool stuff, so yeah.
0: Like your dead
1: comics please like, your, your dead of winter book is on there?
4: Yeah, that's on there. Actually we don't have a lot left too, so buy sale.
1: Oh man. What is on here? There's a lot of monster dude stuff on here.
4: Yeah. Uh we have tons of buttons and stuff too we're gonna like throw in and all that but uh yeah that's basically you can pick it up there. Very cool or I mean I'm doing tons of shows this year, so
1: have you have you put any thought into doing like a, another anthology like Dead of Winter?
4: You know, people keep asking and we want to do it but we don't want to you know uh try and do the same exact thing like we want to do something cool. Like we don't want to just try to do another like a Dead of Winter Two. So I mean we want there's a demand for it. It's just we we want to have a cool enough idea. I already that told you.
1: Rain in Spring.
4: Yeah, that was really good. That's completed. That's coming out. I forgot about that. <laughs>
0: That's
4: good. I'm glad you reminded me. I have to pick that up from the printer. That's good.
1: <laughs> Tales of Summer Love. Tales, it, 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 yeah. Tales with a, an eye. Meaning like everyone. Okay. Like everyone has a tail.
4: Yeah, I'm not doing furry comics, dude. That <laughs> I mean, would probably sell though. If I did something like that, that would probably sell more than anything I've ever. You know, will release uh, in life. <laughs> hey, there's a market there, and I look like an animal. I have tons of, I have a huge beard and long hair, so I kind of look like an animal. So maybe uh, I should. Maybe that's my. Maybe that's my market.
1: That's too funny. That's too funny. Uh, where does where does Monster Dudes go from here? Do you want to try to get at least two out a year?
4: More. Uh, we're definitely going to keep consistency going. That's why we're we're releasing this uh, mummy issue. So, yeah, I mean, it's not, the, the gap between one and two is just kind of, you know, we had a lot going on and all that, but there's definitely going to be way better consistency. We're going to be releasing way more stuff. So, yeah, hopefully we're going to try to, two books a year would be awesome. So, we're going to, we're definitely going to have a presence. We're not going to let the monster dudes, uh, you know, go away or anything like that.
1: Sure. Okay. Um, we're running out of time. So, from April forward, uh, give us an idea on some of the shows you're going to be doing.
4: I am going to be doing uh, C2E2. I will be doing, let's see, Summit City Comic Con, or uh, Apple Seed Con. Uh, I am going to be doing, there's a Cincinnati Con in September I'll be doing, and I might be doing New York Comic Con.
0: Okay. So,
1: yeah. And you'll be at DanCon Fall.
4: And DanCon Fall. That's right. Uh, I'll have uh, Dead of Spring. or oh, What is it? Spring the Summer.
1: Rain. Rain and <laughs> rain and spring.
4: R-E-I-G-N.
1: Yes. Yes.
4: Okay, yeah. I'll have that. I'll have one copy, and that's
0: going
1: to be yours. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I also want – don't forget, I also want my um, mummy swing special.
0: <laughs> oh, it's for you, yeah. We're just
4: making this for you. This is, like I said, we don't care about a fan, so it's, it's fun.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's very cool. Uh, real quick, just tell us one more time where we can go check out Monster Dudes. Check out
4: Facebook.com slash Monster Dudes and – Dr. Warren Comics.
1: Dave, thanks for taking the time. Thank you for
4: having me. You're a wonderful man.
1: Our final Century Media Band of the Month is Cauldron with their new album, Tomorrow's Lost, dropping on April 30th. This is Nightbreaker. <laughs> It's over. That's the time I get sad again. Wait do do Wait. A do, minute. Do, wait that, that. <laughs> Remember oh. when they used to be kind of metal? <laughs> uh,
2: I'm gonna not. I'm gonna just say I don't even know what you're talking about.
1: Oh, sure.
2: I thought way. we. I thought. I thought. Sugar Oh, I gotta tell. Oh my. This is kind of t- metal. <laughs> no, 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 dude. Listen to this. I got. I got. I, I got. I gotta tell you this real quick. I actually have a funny Sugar Ray story because like I said I used to do music journalism for years. I saw Sugar Ray many, 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 many years ago when they were first starting out, and they were doing uh, what was it brownies and lemonade? Was that their first CD? Oh, I have no idea. I think it was like brownies That's and lemonade. RPM or something like that. Ah, uh, something like that. But anyway, it was the, someone with Mean Machine on it. Mean Machine, me You know, it's kind of metal, kind of punk. Um, and it was so funny because like they were like this. The label was pushing them real hard at the time which we can get into the whole politics of pushing bands another time, but Sony was pushing them real hard. So they're on the road playing these little tiny clubs. And I remember at the show, there was maybe 30 or 40 people there. And I was there and like Mark McGrath, is that his name? Yeah. 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 He was, he was calling people up on stage and like underage kids and like pouring pictures of beer into the mouth and stuff like that. And like, not that many years later, you like turn on like a TV and he's hosting like the Disney Parade and stuff like that. Like, is that who I think it is? Like, yeah, that's that's Mark McGrath. And I tell everyone this story about how you know Mean Machine played this little club, me and a couple of buddies of mine went, and he was so punk rock and you know giving beer to minors and all this stuff. And and now he's yeah, now he's hosting the Disney Parade. And I'm like,
1: you you remove a drummer and you add in. A, a drum machine and a DJ and your style changes
2: that they will ask you to ask smashing pumpkins <laughs> that, that, yeah, that whole space of music when everyone did that wouldn't it be cool if answer no
0: oh <laughs>
2: all <laughs> right well we are re- we are here to recap
1: the show we're going to do a ghastly award style if you do not know what the ghastly awards are they are an award an industry-based award that basically you know Gives the credit to specifically just the horror comics. It's a it's a yearly award. If you are listening to this and you are a horror comic creator, if you have made something, and Dirk, pay attention now. If you have written yes. something, drawn something, in the month or the month the year of 2013, go to oh, gaslyawards.com. Oh, oh,
2: 2013. If you've done anything at all, go, all in a horror go, comic,
1: <laughs> you go to gaslyawards.com and you submit it for nomination consideration i see that sounds so weird every time i say it. nomination consideration
2: but I, but it is a nice ring to it so if i lettered a horror book or colored or wrote or anything at all in the horror comic world yes. i just go to ghastly and i can say hey consider this book that i was involved with for nomination for a ghastly award next year bingo that is pretty awesome.
1: Bingo. Now, none of the other Ghastly Award judges are here, but hopefully some will be here next time. I mean, Mike Hollett even went and recorded his own segment, folks, but he's not here today.
2: That's okay. That gives us a chance to – I mean, let's be honest. What a metal – what a kick-ass show, man. What a lineup. And I think it's just going I don't want to spoil anything by saying it might even grow a little bit as time goes on.
1: But the funny. The funny thing is that I know what happened in all those segments, and you still don't.
2: Way to ruin kayfabe, Dan I'm like, wow, wasn't that show like, totally awesome and metal? And, uh, I haven't even heard everything yet, but I just know I just know it's going to be great I know it was great You're damn right it was great See?
1: You're That's damn right Alright, right, well, th- speaking of things that were great The Gastly Award judges do, do a monthly uh, Kind of like column Where we kind of spotlight some books That came out in, uh, in March of 2013. And the picks for this month are Hack Slash number 25, which is the final issue of Hack Slash. Mm-hmm. That is chosen by our good friend Spaced. Uh, Pedro Cab- Cabezuelo from Rue Morgue. He chose Todd the Ugliest Kid on Earth number 3. I will second this one because if you're not reading Todd the Ugliest Kid on Earth, you need to be. You need to be.
2: What a vilely...
1: F- funny book (laughs) (laughs) just poor todd too poor todd he's so innocent and he has (laughs) no idea what's going on around him
2: (laughs) he wears a bag on his head because he's so His parents make him wear a bag because he's so ugly oh god anyway move
0: on move on
1: (laughs) (laughs) judge denise dutton is choosing hoax hunters number eight a fantastic book my uh friends michael morisi and and steve seeley not to be confused with brother tim who did Hack Slash? Who does Hack Slash? Or did? Do we say did now?
2: <laughs> now that it's over? Of Hack Slash.
1: There you go. There you go. Uh, Judge Bree Ogden wants everybody to check out Change Number 4. Oh, and if you want to read the reviews on these, I'm sitting here being stupid, but if you want to read the reviews that, that we all posted, you can go to ghastlywards.com and, and, and check that out. Um Let's see who's next. Oh, Carswell from the Horrors of It All. He chose Mystery Site Society 2013 Special from IDW. Hmm. Did you know that came out? Mm-mm. Now you do. I
2: did not. Now I do. I'm gonna have to look that up. That's pretty cool. And he gives that. And he gives that a glowing review at what site? At Gasly Awards I I. When we are done talking, I'm gonna get on my internet machine and go read that review because I did not know that was out. I'm gonna have to check that out.
1: Uh Lottie Nadler from Bloody Disgusting has chosen Five Ghosts, The Haunting of Fabian Gray from Image. That came out too. Dang damn it!
2: Oh gosh. And sorry. you're behind. I you know I was doing all these shows all month, I so know, yeah. I
1: know. You think that one of these dealers would bring the new books, right? Yeah. But no, they always want to bring the old stuff. So go figure that out. Alright, I'm gonna butcher this name. I'm going to completely apologize to Rachel Deering. An anathema? Anathema? I don't know. I apologize for that.
2: But that was a dramatic pause. What, there? What, what is it? What is it again? A-N-A. A-N-A. E-M-A. Anathema? Anathema. If someone doesn't know, they can send a correction or something. But okay, Anathema. But
1: Rachel, I, I'm very sorry about that. But that book, uh, number three, it's on Comicsology. I believe that's digital only. In uh which book? Anathema. <laughs> Anna. Sorry. Sorry. Let's just say this, Anna the Ma. There you go. Okay. Anna but it's on
2: Comicsology. It's
1: really gonna kill us. That <laughs> was chosen by Mike Holland and my pick of the month is totally Rachel Rising number fifteen. I absolutely love Rachel Rising. Awesome. I do think it reads better as collected.
2: Uh huh.
1: Because it's one of those it's it's one of those books where it's so good, but you know how it goes. It's so good for thirty six pages, twenty four pages, whatever it is, and then poof. You have to wait another month. So you know crap gets in your mind. Crap gets in your
2: mind. But Rachel Rising is fantastic. And that's one of the books that really – if you're going to buy a monthly book, says the guy that buys it in trade collections. Uh, But if you're going to buy a monthly book, like Rachel Rising is one of those books that I actually do try to go out of my way uh, along with the image books. It's a creator-owned book. Every month you buy that book, you're supporting the next issue directly. You know, Spider-Man, Batman, things like that. There are a lot of these franchise books that will exist just to keep the trademark going. Rachel Rising is one of those books that, you know, horror fans, I, I concur with you. Rachel Rising is such a good book. But support that book, man. You know, help help Terry Moore make more of this comic by supporting it every month. And then go buy the trades as well because they're on, what, the second collection now? or is
1: it... Yeah, <laughs> I believe the second's out. In yeah, they're the, not. The they're third not... will be coming soon now that 15 is out because I think he does it in five.
2: He does it in fives, in fives so. Yeah.
1: All right, well, what's your book of the month? What What did you love?
2: You know what really blew me away is uh, Nemo Heart of Ice by Alan Moore and, Ke- and Kevin O'Neill, which is the um, the next installment that kind of snuck in on everybody of uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen franchise. Um, I know some people were really kind of hit and miss on Century. uh I enjoyed it. Uh I didn't like it as much as Black Dossier and I, I didn't like it at century as much as the previous two. But Nemo Heart of Ice is a very cool book. Basically it's the uh the daughter of Captain Nemo from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. And she goes to Antarctica where she encounters kind of the Lovecraft stuff at the Mountains of Madness. And uh it's just a short little hardcover book, uh I think fifteen bucks, uh perfect bookshelf book and Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill do some narrative stuff in this when they start encountering like the, the Lovecraft aspect of things and the Lovecraft monsters. I don't want to give anything away, but they do some narrative storytelling tricks that are just, again, it's like, oh, okay, welcome back, Alan Moore. Good to see you again. Century was pretty straightforward, but Nemo Heart of Ice, highly recommended for horror fans. It's just a nice little self-contained. You don't need to know anything else about anything. Read it. book. Cool. Cool. So like
1: like I said I'll I'll get one more plug in here. com. go go submit your stuff for for nomination basically at the end of the year the judges will have read everything that was submitted and then it's like the Eisners where we will choose the nominees and then it goes to an open vote. That's yeah. where, that's where the creators come in and choose the
2: winners. Nah, and the yeah. fans
1: and the fans have a say as well.
2: Right, which is nice. Give a little give a little bit of love to everybody. Exactly. Exactly.
1: All right. I'm going to remind everybody that if you loved a band that you heard but you can't remember who the hell they were, go to MonstersInMetal.com and you can you know, find everything you need to know about the band. We're going to have uh, – if, if you're listening to this episode three months from when it came out, we do have a show archive that is going to basically store everything that you need to know about every episode. We will include links and everything. Uh, if you go to the website – you can also take part in the "I Hate Everything You Love" with Doug Paskevich. <laughs> Go click click on contact. You, you click on the contact page. There's a little form. Put your name, your email address. Uh, Doug and I are going to talk about possibly uh, also throwing in prizes if you are the person chosen for for wait, if it. was for- I-
2: I always mix up—is it masochism or sadomasochism when you set yourself up to get tortured and humiliated? Oh, I have no idea. I don't remember. Whichever one it is. <laughs> much, much
0: love, Doug. <laughs> what a great god. I'm
2: sorry, I'm such a fanboy when it comes to his stuff. It just, you know, it just makes me—it's me. Love it. Love it. Love, love, it, love, it, love it. it. Love it. Love it.
1: All right, and, and and now we get to our big thank yous before we close this out. We're gonna dig. Def- we definitely thank Century Media, Dark Horse Comics, Dave Elliott, The Living Corpse, Crew of Buzz and Ken, Andrew Kadelka, Doug Paskevich, Mike Hallett, Dave Scheid, The Ghastly Awards, Comic Related, Comic Attack, Underground Video Network, Drive Through Comics. Thank you, Dirk.
2: Thank Dan. Thank you for bringing me on. This has just been wonderful. Uh, really excited about this show. So thank you for finally wooing me into uh, to doing something like this with you.
1: And do not forget, folks, to go to MonstersandMetal.com, uh, and we are totally – going to be back in a, in a month. So the song that's going to get us out of here this week is the new title track from Niera's new album Ours is the Storm from Metal Blade Records which dropped in early March. Absolutely love the song. One of my favorite bands. So that's going to do it. Remember, keep them horns up.
2: And support good horror.
1: Ours is the